Welcome to the Speakeasy Sports Show. Time to pull up a seat, pour a glass, and talk some ball. Here's your hosts, Daniel and John. What is up, everybody? Speakeasy Sports Show, college sports and high spirits, getting you ready for week 10 of college football. He is John. I am Daniel. John, how are you this evening in anticipation of what I think might be the biggest week slate of games that we have seen so far? Man, for the for the stakes, the 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 positions in conferences, the college football playoff landscape, the uh, the stakes are really really high in week ten. It's November football, first weekend of November. Yes. It is. Yes. Uh, it's it's separating the contenders from the pretenders. Um, all of those things are going to happen this weekend. And listen, I this is this is what you hope for, right? As college football fans, you mm-hmm. go through all of the hot garbage non-conference games in September, uh, waiting to get to the first weekend. Really, it's the last weekend in October, and then that first weekend in November is when things really start cooking. And um, I, and we're here. It's going to be fantastic. Things are going to get weird this weekend, y'all. I mean, just and just be ready for it, anticipate <laughs> it. Something's going to get weird. We're going to do our best to try to touch on it today. We're going to start with our top shelf games of the week. If you could only have one, you know, if it's last call, so to speak, John, and you can only have one of the games this week, um, which one are you going to go with? I'll let you kick us off. Listen, I'm going to go down to Tuscaloosa, LSU, Alabama, Mm -hmm. um, the SEC West at stake, Nick Saban versus Brian Kelly. Um, who you know you have you have the situation with Alabama trying to avenge uh, the loss that they had in Baton Rouge last year. Um, you got LSU coming in, who um, you know it, it, everyone knows Bryant Denny is a incredibly incredibly tough. It's it's hard to beat Alabama anywhere. It's extremely sure. hard to beat them in Bryant Denny Stadium um, when you have uh, the the division on the line. Um, and you know, but but LSU comes in uh, with the best offense in college football right now. LSU mm-hmm. comes in with a Heisman Trophy quarterback. Um, and they're going to be facing um, Alabama's uh, best side of the ball, which is the defense, because the Alabama offense is hot garbage right now. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I think it, it, this is the matchup, that, the kind of matchup that, that you live for. It's it's the kind of matchup that you, uh, you know, anticipate and wait for um, as college football fans. And, and listen, I think um, one of the anecdotes that I heard um, today was that Nick Saban, who uh, is our, the greatest football coach of all time sure. um, in, in college football history, um, has a bloodshot eye that his doctor said uh, he busted a blood vessel from yelling too much at practice. Oh, no. So we, so we are in – I don't know what that means, Daniel, for this Yo, week. I, just, um, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine you're not going to wildly speculate about what it means, though. No, John, no. Yeah. Listen, I never wildly speculate, especially about no, Alabama. It's not um, your style. But man, a top shelf game. I I'm excited to see the LSU offense versus the Alabama defense in particular, because um, man, this is this is going to be a game where if Alabama keeps it close, if Alabama um, you know has some has some success running the ball, has some success controlling the clock, keeps LSU off the field, and it ends up being you know a, a twenty to fourteen kind of game in the third quarter. Um, Alabama has a really good shot to win this game. If LSU comes out and, and starts scoring, I don't know that Alabama can keep up. So I'm very interested to see what happens. 
Yeah, well, you mentioned the the side of the matchup that I think everybody's it, everybody's going to have their eyes focused on. One of the best offenses in college football against one of the best defenses in college football. But I'm I'm really I think I'm more curious about the other side of the ball, John. Mm-hmm. Like because you said Alabama's offense is hot garbage. I don't I don't have any trouble disagreeing with you there. <laughs> but I think I might go out there and play corner for LSU, John. I mean, I'm talking about they don't have any corners. Like, the corners that they did have were transfers that they brought in. They weren't any good, and they're all hurt. And so now, John, we're going we're going with some dudes out there that just ain't played no meaningful football snaps whatsoever. Do you remember um, the UCF-LSU bowl game? In 2018, when Joe Burrow, uh, you know, got hit by that UCF mm-hmm. guy, took the cheap shot. LSU had a wide receiver playing cornerback. Had a yeah. wide receiver playing defensive back in that game. We might see that this week, Daniel. It might happen. We they might <laughs> they might need to. If Jalen Milrow is not a polished passer of the football, Mm-mm. but he can spin a deep ball. And if I'm Alabama, I think I'm just going to drop back in three times in a row on every down. I'm just going to take shots down the field three times in a row because you're probably going to hit one out of three. (laughs) And if you hit one out of three, you may score touchdowns on every possession. And so, I don't know. I'll be fascinated to watch this matchup. I'll be just as interested when Alabama has the ball as I am when LSU has the ball. I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to go... I'm going to go a little bit earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go a little bit further west, and I'm going to go to one of the great traditions in all of college football. I'm going to I'm going to go to Bedlam, mm-hmm. um, Stillwater, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State hosting Oklahoma for the last time in the Big Twelve. These two teams, these two teams are surely going to keep playing. I don't think it's going to be like a Texas Texas A and M type mm-hmm. situation where you get all pissy, feelings hurt, and stop playing each other. But um, tonight, John. By the way, I'm I I made I made a bit of a special pour for okay. this game. Okay. All right, I I am drinking, I'm drinking an Octomore. I don't oh. know I don't know if you know anything about Octomore. Let's John. talk about it. Let's talk about it. It is first of all, Octomore. Octomore is a bottle that you pull out for a special occasion. Um, mm-hmm. And Bedlam, the last year in the Big 12, mm-hmm. qualifies as a special mm-hmm. occasion. So I'm drinking in honor of that. Beautiful. It's one of the heavy, the most heavily peated scotches that you can buy. It I heard it described one time as like getting hit in the face with a with a flaming tire, <laughs> like when you when you take your first sip. And that's number one. That's what I'm into. And number two. <laughs> um, that's why I'm drinking this. I'm drinking this this Octomore, which is honestly one of the best tasting scotches that you could ever have. Um, I'm drinking in honor of the Oklahoma State Cowboys because um, on first sip, they were a very offensive college football team. This year. I mean, I'm talking about an unpalatable college football team. This we year. we had a brief conversation on this show mm-hmm. about has college football passed Mike Gundy by because of the way he was just randomly throwing out quarterbacks like just it made no sense no rhyme or reason um, and they 
yeah, they were they were struggling. They were if it struggling. weren't, they got blown out, waxed, thirty three to seven by South Alabama at home early in the season. They also lost to Iowa State early in the season. It was a a show mm-hmm. uh, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They if it weren't for the Ferrets, if it weren't for the Ferrances, it would have been the the <laughs> most egregious case of nepotism in all of college football. Mike Gundy is blatantly starting his son at quarterback even though he is in no way shape or form the most qualified candidate to play quarterback uh it was ugly Mm -hmm. and lo and behold Oklahoma State just like this Octomore the longer you give it Mm -hmm. the better it gets Mm -hmm. this team is six and two John this team's got a shot at the big 12 title if they can win this game and keep winning this team's got wins against teams like Kansas State already this year, who has been a very a, a very good football team, and um, the Oklahoma State Cowboys just keep right on rolling. Meanwhile, the wheels are kind of falling off at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, and it it makes for a really interesting showdown in the last ever bedlam. And and I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this game, and I'll just leave you with this. You know that there's no like there is no comparison between the amount that Brent Venables wants to win this game yep. and the amount that Mike Gundy wants to win this game. There is no comparison. No comparison. Like they are not even in the same neighborhood. Yep. So watch out for the Cowboys on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, listen, Mike Gundy, so Mike Gundy got up um this week at his press conference and was asked about Bedlam, right? As, as this being a rivalry, his thoughts about it, you know, being the, the last one in the, in the, as a conference um, opponents. And this man said, he went on a, he went on a rant. (laughs) He said, when I played, it was different because we did not like each other. I would spit in Brian Bosworth's face and he would spit in my face he said his brother, Mike Gundy's brother, played at Oklahoma, and he told an anecdote in his press conference about um, how they would not talk about Oklahoma and Oklahoma State 365 days a year when they were with family because his mother forbade them talking about mm-hmm. it. Like, so that's where that that's, that's where a real I, rivalry, John. That's, that's real college football. Is what that and, is, and that's where Mike Gundy is. Yep. Mike Gundy is yep. uh, is you know has had an Oklahoma player spit in his face when he was wearing the Oklahoma State uniform. <laughs> so uh, that yeah. tells you who wants to win this game. Listen, I think you know uh, what what's interesting is coming into this game is. Um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are two of the worst tackling football teams in college yep. football right now. They're terrible, and they, they are just really bad. Uh, missed tackle rates are are in the uh, 80s, I think, for them for both of them. Um, just really, really bad tackling football teams. And so, you know, what I'm interested to see is obviously, you know, you, you the rivalry. It's all those things. Um, Ollie Gordon, man. Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma State, that guy, if you have not watched Ollie Gordon run the football, um, this man in 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 back-to-back games has rushed for over 270 yards in back-to-back games. Yes. Um, he's rushed for 100 over 100 yards in in the in the last uh his five five games in a row. Um Yeah, he's and, got a thousand yards on the season 
Well, he's already eclipsed a thousand yards on the season. We're we're he. They played eight games. Yeah, a thousand yeah. yards. Yes, he's averaging seven point seven yards a carry. And oh, by the way, a um, thousand yards already in the season. And in against South Alabama, he got three carries. So mm. the guy has been the guy has been doing work. So Ollie Gordon, I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Um, is is the Oklahoma uh, State Cowboys, their ability to run the football on Oklahoma. And I think what's obviously going to happen is Oklahoma's going to uh, you know, do everything they can to take that away. Um, but, but I'll tell you, man, I, I, think, um, I don't think Oklahoma, I don't think they're there yet in terms of, of their ability to tackle on defense. Mm. I don't think they're there yet in terms of their ability to actually um, put – you know, put teams away and make them one-dimensional because we saw them struggle with UCF. Then we saw them get beat by Kansas, uh, a Kansas team, by the way, that this Oklahoma State team beat um, yep. three weeks ago. And so, uh, man, I think it, when you put when you bring it all together with Mike Gundy's desire to win the football game, you bring it together with um, Oklahoma State's physicality and ability to run the football right now. Um, I I think it'll I think it might be ugly. I don't know. I you know I mean it's either gonna be it's either gonna they're either gonna go way over the total or, or way under. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but either way, uh, I think Oklahoma State is gonna win this football game. And, and mm. man, please tune in, college football fans. Please tune into this game. I know your team is probably playing at the same time, uh, but put it on the 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 second screen. Um, this it's is wor- it's worth it's, a watch. It's worth it. This is something you're not gonna want to miss. Um, uh, this week, yeah. Um, what um, what else? What else are you going with here? Uh, those are the two big biggest games of the of the weekend, I think, mm-hmm. in my mind. But what else? What else are we watching this weekend, John? You got a pick? You got a lean? You got something interesting that stands out to you? What What do you got? Yeah, I'm interested. Um, I you know you you got to go to Austin, Texas, right? You got Kansas yeah. State and Texas. I think early is, kick. is an early kick. Um, you've got uh, you've got Chris Kleeman, who is who is one of the best um, college football coaches when it comes to in game adjustments. Um, yeah. And you got a Kansas State team that's been playing really really well versus a Texas team that still has questions at quarterback. Right? Is um, they played really well versus BYU last week, um, but uh, you know with Malik Murphy, is that going to be the guy? Do they have? Are, are they are they going to? Open up the playbook for Malik Murphy and um, and use some of his athleticism against Kansas mm-hmm. State. I'm really interested to see uh, what happens um, in that game in particular. Texas is a four point favorite, um, uh, and you know I, I think that one's going to be really really interesting to watch. And I would not be will not be surprised if Kansas State uh, pulls that one out this weekend. Yeah, uh, that's that if college football playoff implications. Mm-hmm. That that's a big time game. Um I'm going to go to another game that's got some college football playoff implications. Um Washington has just been limping around. John, <laughs> these last couple early in the year it looked like Washington was just going to roll the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They were going to blitz through this. Michael Penix was the best quarterback in college football. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even particularly close there for a while. The, this receiving core for Washington was second to none um, by anybody in the country. And now the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden, Washington has looked like a very pedestrian football team. They have um, they've shown kind of an inability to run the football, an inability to kind of manufacture easy yards. And when thing and when things haven't been there and the offense hasn't been clicking, the team has really, really struggled. Now, 
enter a trip to Southern California and the USC Trojans, another team that has kind of become the butt of college football's jokes this year. And we're, you know, I mean, mine included, because it's easy to make fun of um, Lincoln Riley. It's easy to make fun of the, you know, the soft mentality of a USC football team. And they, you know, they've messed around all season as well. They've been embarrassed in a couple of spots. They've they've messed around, almost lost some games that even the ones that they won. Um, the defense has been absolutely atrocious all season long. I'm curious though, with this game being, um, this game being in LA, with the way that Washington has played this year, I just wonder. If Caleb Williams is not going to come out and and sort of try to single-handedly prove a point here, don't act like Caleb Williams, by the way, is not petty enough to want to do that. Like we saw, I mean, he's painting his fingernails yeah. last year. Um, like mm-hmm. this is not a guy that that is above finding external sources of motivation. You don't think Caleb Williams heard all the people talking about Michael Penix and had this game circled on his calendar. Caleb Williams firmly believes that he is the best quarterback in college football, and it doesn't matter that he's still going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He wants to go out and prove a point in this game. And I honestly think that Washington doesn't do the kind of thing that's going to kill USC defensively. Like Washington's not physical. They don't run the football. Like I said earlier, that's where you can crush USC. Like, like Utah did, like that's where you can absolutely just lean on them. That's why if, you know, if, you know, when Oregon plays USC, they're going to destroy them. You're going to dominate them. If USC does were to ever play, you know, a, a school like Ohio State or Michigan or mm-hmm. Georgia or F- Florida State, that they would just get steamrolled by these schools because they're too soft. Washington is not that is not that kind of offense, and so I wonder if the USC defense might find some success in this game. This could be an interesting game, and I would not put it past the Trojans to pull off the upset on Saturday night, John. Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at at Washington versus uh, FBS teams, they're they're in the, I think they're number fifty eight. It's what I read earlier today, but they're number fifty eight in yards per rush. Like they're not, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. they're rushes per game. They're a hundred and thirty first out of one hundred and thirty three teams. The number of times they actually have yeah, they run don't the care ball. anything about no, no. And so, so you're exactly right. I think when you look at the style of play that it's going to take that it that it that Utah used and other teams used to beat USC, mm-hmm. um, that that is not Washington football. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Notre Dame uh, used a very similar thing, right? Like it's like it was, it's that physical line of scrimmage, uh, run the ball to open up the pass, um, you know, uh, and, and, and force turnovers. And I think that's the question in my mind when you say Caleb Williams is going to try to single-handedly. Caleb Williams – is incredible that 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 receiving core, Zachariah Branch and Taj uh, Washington, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember his name, yeah, but the other uh, freshman. the other freshman, yeah, those guys are absolutely legit. But yeah. what we've seen happen with with Caleb Williams, we saw in the Notre Dame game, right, is, is if he goes out and tries to play hero ball, that can be a problem can for be a problem. Uh, can be a big problem for USC. So, I'm interested to see can Caleb Williams play hero ball and actually protect the football 
and actually not turn the ball over. If he can do that, I mean, I think Washington can really can be in some real trouble because I I don't think that USC um, is going to uh, necessarily stop Washington and Michael Penix and all those those guys. But I also didn't think that some of these other teams are going to either, right? I didn't think that they were going to mess around with with um, with Arizona yep. and and uh, these other Arizona State and these other guys that they played either, and they have. True. And so um, Stanford, I mean Stanford is an, an anemic football team and put up 33 points on Washington uh, yep. last week. And so um, I, I will not be surprised if USC wins this game. And to your point, I will not be surprised if Caleb Williams comes out and throws for about 450 yards and five touchdowns either. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could be looking at a college football <laughs> playoff rankings where number five goes down. You just said, you know, number seven – Texas yep. needs to be on upset alert. We talked about Oklahoma earlier. Mm-hmm. needs needs to watch out. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alabama goes down, um, or maybe Alabama just find just as the benefit. Maybe they get the win, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they find themselves sitting there in a pretty premium position at the end of the week. I know you'd love that, John. Uh, before we get before we get out of here, just give me give the people what they want. Give me two minutes. Georgia, Missouri, it's the other big game of the weekend. Um, give me two minutes, John, of your thoughts on what's going to happen between the hedges for Eli Drinkowitz, Luther Burden, Cook, and company. Uh, Missouri has an insanely talented and experienced football team coming into Athens. Brady Cook, uh, Luther, Luther Burden is an absolute force of nature. The dude is absolutely legit. And he has a quarterback in Brady Cook who has experience, who has mobility, who can actually uh, uh, make some things happen if if protection breaks down. Um, and we've seen that uh, a little bit before. We saw that last year with with, with Tennessee coming into to Athens. Um, mm. And I think, you know, when I look at these teams – um, Missouri, our, our guy, Dogstats, shout out Josh uh, Dogstats, gave me a stat today uh, that said Missouri has, in third down and less than five yards yep. to go, yep. um, they, they have been run on in that situation 12 times this year. They have stopped that uh, – they have gotten off the field and stopped that third down exactly once out of 12 times. Um, Missouri yes. Missouri defense cannot get off the field on third down, um, and Georgia is uh, the top team in the country in third down conversion percentage as an offensive team. Um, and so I think it's – I personally, I think that Georgia has all the nightmarish uh, matchups that Missouri fears, right? I think they have a good boundary corner. They have the best safety in the country. I think you can bracket a guy like Luther Burden. He's going to get his yards. I think Missouri is probably going to score some points, um, but I don't see them being able to stop Georgia, and I don't see them being able to score more than 20 um, on Georgia, and it's going to take a lot more than that to beat this team, uh, this Georgia football team on Saturday. So you yeah. couple that with with um, all the motivation. You know, everybody talks about it. I have been in the Georgia football building, and I'll tell you, it's real. It is real. Kirby Smart will use every ounce of motivation that he can get with this football team, and being ranked number two in the college football playoff is is seems just enough. Um, for this team to come in with with a chip on their shoulder. Georgia has won 10 games in a row versus ranked teams in Athens. Uh, 10-0 in their last 10 versus ranked teams to the tune of, of an average score of 31-10. to 10. 
Um, so I think, uh, I think Georgia's going to win big. Um, I think Georgia's going to cover the 15 and a half and, um, yeah. And Missouri, it's, it's, it's been a great story. Uh, like my guy, George Foster, uh, who played at Georgia said on the hundred Sanford podcast this week, um, they still have Mizzou on their Jersey when they show up, you know? And so it's, it's, uh, sad, but true. It's sad, but true. Sad, Um, but true. Boy, somewhere, somewhere. As you talked about Kirby using motivational tactics, Chris Marler just had a big smile on his face. Just <laughs> you just lighten the man's life up right now. Um, I don't. Is, dis- is, is I don't he going to pick? Is, is our guy Chris going to pick Mizzou to he beat probably, Georgia? He probably okay. will not. I don't know. I don't think I, he's going to do that. I don't. I don't know if Mizzou has a hand signal, but the Gator chomp yeah, yeah. was pretty nice. Um, uh, <laughs> listen, I don't disagree. I think it's a Kendall Milton statement game. Um, against um against Missouri's run defense, and you know we talk about Alabama being on a revenge tour on Saturday. Georgia's on a bit of a revenge tour as well in this Mizzou game, and don't think Kirby Smart doesn't doesn't think about that. Don't think he doesn't use that, yeah. as you said. Um, the difference is, I guess, um, Georgia's trying to get revenge from a game that they won, and and Al and Alabama's not. Well, Daniel, Georgia, Georgia has has won twenty five in a row, so there is no one. Well, but Alabama's only lost twice in their last fifteen <laughs> games. I learned that from Chris Marler also this week. So they've in only lost last... fifteen games. They've only lost twice. Okay, okay. So if I you mean, go to this, if you go to the sixteenth game, is that where they get the third? I don't. Loss? I'm not sure, <laughs> but even that puts them at like Boy. what twelfth best record in their last fifteen games in all of college football. So like I yeah, mean, that's yeah. that sounds about right. That's where Dan- Alabama Daniel, is. before you wrap it up, I do want to talk about what I'm drinking tonight. Oh um, yeah. Oh you got I'm the drink- larceny. I've out. got the larceny barrel proof. Yeah. The top the top shelf larceny. Um I am drinking this in honor of our guy Connor Stallions. Shout who- out to Connor. <laughs> Who has committed some larceny of signals um, over the course of the last two years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out Michigan. Um, wow. This story what just keeps just this story just keeps getting more wild uh, by the day. Um, this is a fantastic bottle. If you like high proof whiskeys, uh, larceny is is it's a great it's a great well whiskey in general. But this barrel proof, yeah. Really I don't mind. I don't it. mind it at all. You and I could not possibly be drinking two things that taste more different. <laughs> Right now, like both, both are called whiskey, and that is the only thing that they share in common. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to Connor. What sideline is he going to be on this weekend? People are asking. We don't know. Like we, he's out there with Jim McElwain. Um, which, by the way, Jim the 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 Jim McElwain press conference all time like real is getting better and better. It really it's, is. You go from the shark photo to. <laughs> To this and like there's a lot of content out there how, how has one human had to dispute being <laughs> laying being, naked next to a shark i mean and being part of you know a a, a signal stealing uh racketeering yeah. operation um man this guy has had to deny 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 <laughs> more man, than been through the ringer um uh, all oh, right boy. well um uh, it for my man john i am daniel this has been the speakeasy sports show subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already uh for more high spirits and college sports and um we'll be back next week we'll be breaking down all this action and and john john next week basketball season starts hey basketball season we out here next week talking about 
hoops. I'm, you, I mean, I got listen, some thoughts. I've got if, thoughts already. If you're still listening at the 27 minute of, uh, minute of this podcast, both of I, you, both of both you, listen, of you up. listen. I, I I will tell you, you are the kind of people who will appreciate college basketball hoops talk from John and Daniel. I promise so you, you're our target demographic. Target demographic. Excited to have you along. All right, um, uh, we'll see you guys next week.